where we discuss the business of cybersecurity. Here are your co-hosts and cybersecurity experts, Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Security Squawk Podcast. I am your co-host, Brian, here with Andre and Randy. Welcome to another show, gentlemen. How are you today? Hey, doing well. How are you, Brian? <laughs> I'm, I, I am under the weather. I'm going to try to get through this as quick as we possibly can. Um, but uh, yeah, so if you see me go off camera or do crazy things on the screen, it's because I'm uh, probably blowing my nose or going through a coughing fit. So um, I have that cold that like everybody has that apparently lasts for four weeks or something. And I'm in like not even week one. So I hope it doesn't last four weeks or I'll be annoyed. Bang, man. Hope you get feeling better. Thanks, buddy. So yeah, we got, uh, so the title of today's show is Cybersecurity Alert Major Breaches Unveiled. We're going back to the well and we're talking about some uh, cyber events that happened in the news recently that we think deserve our attention. And we're going to discuss it before we do. Remember, we don't bore you with ads. We don't uh, we don't run promotions on this channel. We just give you the goods. We talk about cybersecurity and what you can start doing to protect yourself. We educate you on the changes that are happening out there when it comes to cyber criminals and what they're doing today. And so we're going to learn today. Nobody's uh, nobody's too small to be hacked. And uh, in this episode, we're going to dive into. Uh, a few high-profile cybersecurity incidents. Uh, we're going to talk about a large-scale data breach at Lone Depot. We're going to talk about Microsoft's encounter with a Russian cyber espionage group and discuss the comprehensive findings of the Veeam Data Protection Trends Report for 2024 <clears throat> that has some interesting uh, data in it. So that's what's on tap for today. Remember, if you're watching us, uh, live on social media. You can share us out. You can comment uh, somewhere in there uh, on, on the platform, and we will see it here on StreamYard, assuming you give uh, StreamYard permission to see your comments. We will see it, and if we do, we might throw it up on the screen. Other than that, uh, we ask that you share the show and uh, rate us on your podcast platform if you're listening to us and not watching us on social media and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That'd be cool too. So let's get into it guys. Uh, first thing up on the docket, at least on my docket is the Veeam data protection trends report. Um, my notes here, I have highlights, uh, 24 report highlights, significant challenges and trends in data protection. Some of the key findings include cyber attacks being the primary cause of business outages for the fourth consecutive year, with 76% of organizations experiencing at least one attack in the past year. Uh, ransomware remains a critical threat and businesses are struggling with digital transformation due to cybersecurity concerns. Uh, despite an increase in data protection budgets, only a minority of companies believe they can recover quickly from small scale attacks. The report also notes the rising use of containers in enterprises with many lacking adequate backup solutions. 
And additionally, the integration of data protection and IT security is becoming more prevalent, emphasizing the need for modern, flexible solutions that can handle diverse IT environments. Let's get into it. So, Randy, I think you brought this report to our attention. Um, I hit on a bunch of things there at a high level. Is there anything that I touched on there that you want to dive in deeper on? Um, so, um, I, I believe Andre uh, brought this, but okay. yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on okay. here that um, the thing that really struck out or really hit home for me um, is only 32% of organizations believe they can recover from a small attack crisis or outage within a week. And if that's true, just think of most businesses. I know we have businesses, business owners watching us right now. Could you really go a whole week without being able to collect money? or without being able to get to your bank account or without being able to pay your clients. Um, that's a very disturbing to me. That's a very disturbing. And I know that's a, that's, that's basically a poll and that's what they felt. Um, the reality is probably none of them can, can recover from it within a week. Do you know what I mean? So that one really, really jumped out at me. What about you, Andre? I got a tie. I like the one that talks about, you know, um, 76%. Well, I don't like it, but 76% uh, of organizations were attacked at least once in the past 12 months. And, you know, we even said in the green room, I believe earlier, where, uh, you know, people don't think it's going to happen to them, um, but 76%. And then my second yeah. uh, favorite was uh, the data protection budget increases. So data protection budgets are expected to grow by 6%. In 2024, I'm just happy people are spending more money. I don't think it's mm -hmm. been trickled down to the small business. I don't think they got that uh, memo yet, but it's great to see that the large organizations are doing this. I don't. Yeah, that's. I a, don't believe a word of that. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's yes, exactly. I I would say you know from a cybersecurity standpoint, that's typically how we're going going to address. Um, most, if not all of our clients from that data protection standpoint, what do we got to do to protect, protect that data? You know, the other one that, um, that jumped out at me was digital transformation is being hampered by cyber attacks. I'm just going to read it. It says the survey ranked protecting against cyber threats and addressing environmental, social, and governmental goals as the biggest inhibitors to IT modernization and digital transformation initiatives. These factors scored higher than usual struggles related to skills, economic concerns, and organizational issues due to the amount of effort and resources that were being diverted from digital transformation or IT modernization uh, in investments. You know, just this whole um, idea, attacks are slowing us down. Like you said, 74% were hit in the last year. They are slowing us down. They are making us think about everything that we do. We have to do it the right way. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a, uh, it was basically a sales engineer for a vendor for a third party software on a server that we manage. The sales engineer was like, I want you to take everything off the server and we just want a fat pipe connection from here out to the customers. We're like, we can't do that. The guy walked out of the office and I'm sitting there with the owner and I'm like, we can't do that. That'd be insane. We would be opening ourselves up to, you know, to being hit. But bottom line, that that's that's part of this is that the transformation to being digital, to being more automated, for more AI, 
is being hindered by cybersecurity threats? Well, I mean, there's good reason for that, right? Because for, you know, 20 plus years, I love this picture. I'm going to see if I can get it up on the screen. Uh, give me one second. Yeah, here we go. Perfect. While you're uh, getting that up, I was going to say the one I probably uh, yeah. like the most. Hang on one sec. The data protection and IT security are becoming more integrated. Um, and they're, that's, I mean, for us, that's like a duh, but that's a big deal that they're doing that. What is this? So <clears throat> this is how I talk about all the time, how things used to be in IT and how they are today, right? Back in the day, like when I built applications for the Navy, we weren't told to think about security in any way, shape or form. And quite frankly, a lot right. of the stuff that we built was hacked by the Chinese um, right. all, all the time um, because nobody thought about cybersecurity in 1999 and 2000. Um, we were just building stuff and hitting each other with high fives when we got stuff to work, right? With no thought around cybersecurity. And the reason I show this picture is, is because, you know, you got to get your kid to daycare, right? And this is kind of like how IT needs to function. They just need to get the baby to daycare. They don't, you know, most people would look at this picture and freak out that the kid's not in a car seat, not properly <clears throat> secured in a vehicle to get that kid to daycare, right? That's what cybersecurity is. Cybersecurity makes sure that the baby gets the daycare safe. This is just going to get the kid to daycare. And you know, the kid could come into daycare with bumps and bruises and scratches. IT people don't care, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's the analogy, right? It's like they don't care about security. They just want things to work. And that goes the same for operations people in most companies. They don't understand security. They don't want to. But they know they need technology to make their business move forward and, and go. And this is kind of what the challenge is for a lot of cybersecurity professionals, especially people in management who are fighting this mentality to you know, get things done the right way so a company doesn't suffer a cyber attack in the name of growth, innovation, you know, R&D, whatever you want to call it. So I hope that helps people understand. But uh, um, I like that image because this helps people kind of bring it to a place where they understand the difference. Like this is how most IT people think. Like we just got to get the baby to daycare. It doesn't matter if they get there safe. <laughs> That's a good point. What we do is we make sure that baby gets there safe um, at the end of the day. So, all right. Anything else we want to talk about on the uh, Veeam data protection trends report before we move on to talk about what happened over at Microsoft? Uh, last one is um, they projected that 2024 will see a significant job, job change outside the organization. So they're saying 47% of respondents expressed an intent to seek a new job outside of their current organization. Yeah. So, so businesses have to understand something. This is this has been going on for a while now, and this will continue to go on until the talent gap in cybersecurity shrinks. 
And the bottom line is, is that you, just like we talk about with like level one techs, right? A level one tech doesn't stay a level one tech forever, right? They're going to get skills. They're going to get knowledge. They're going to get better at what they do. And if you don't give them a career path to go from a level one to a level two to a level three to something else, you got to, you run the risk of losing them. Now, conversely at the top end of the spectrum, CISOs are in such high demand right now that most CISOs are not staying at companies for more than 12 to 18 months. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, they can make more money elsewhere. They just got to get a, you know, more, uh, more um, uh, experience, and then they can build their their resume and get hired by. Typically, what we're seeing is like mid market companies are trying to hire CISOs, and they're working there for twelve to eighteen months, maybe twenty four, and then the enterprise is hiring. So it becomes a, a situation in the mid market where they are constantly in a cycle of trying to find a new CISO, right? And yeah, I'm kind of, you know, promoting our own company here because I think it's a better bet for certain size companies to have an outside CISO. You probably don't need a full-time one in the first place. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, that's what we're seeing in the marketplace. And that's what this data shows and what Andre just mentioned is exactly what I'm talking about is, and it doesn't happen with just CISOs. It's very skilled cybersecurity mm -hmm. people um, are going to get offers for from other companies that have the pockets to pay them and they're going to move um, so trying to do this on your own as a company that doesn't do cybersecurity as its primary core function you know, you're you're facing an uphill battle right now yep but there's plenty of jobs on linkedin and indeed for cybersecurity companies at mid-market or cyber cybersecurity roles at mid-market companies so they're not getting the message uh, that I just laid out. So that's mm -hmm. a big thing that needs, needs to change. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we ready to go on to Microsoft? Yeah. Yeah. So Nobelium hit Microsoft and Microsoft disclosed this. Why? <laughs> because the SEC rules that just went into effect. Um, the Russian intelligence group also uh, is also the group behind the SolarWinds attack. Um, the attack was detected recently, although we're not getting much information on like when, which is interesting. Involved. Oh, uh, click on the um, the filing. You you can get it. Oh, okay. Well, you have it. Yeah. <clears throat> when when did this happen? The... It happened in November 2023. <clears throat> when did they file? They well, it looks like they're filing here. I put it here on the link for you. January twelfth, maybe. Doesn't sound like, doesn't sound like they made the uh, time frame. It's oh, it looks like the date was uh, the seventeenth of January that they filed. Yeah, yeah, January seventeenth. Yep. Huh. So let's go into it. Um, the attack detected recently in involved Nobelium uh, accessing email accounts of top executives, but reportedly had no material impact on Microsoft's operations. So that's probably where they're skirting the rule um, because the rule says you have to uh, notify if it's going to have a material impact on the company's operations or financials. Right. 
Um, the incident aligns with the new U.S. cybersecurity disclosure rules. Uh, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency is coordinating with Microsoft to understand the impact. And according to the report, Nobelium accessed a non-production account leading to the exfiltration of some emails and documents, but there's no evidence of customer data, production systems, or source code being compromised. Microsoft continues to investigate and work with law enforcement. Thoughts on this? Well, the fact that they detected it at the beginning of late November 2023, meaning they were probably there before, and then they were able to remove the threat actor's access January 13th. So you're talking almost a full two months of them trying to, what, figure out how to kick them out? Is that how we're reading that? Um, I don't know. Or, or, or they only, or, or it was one of those things where it was like, hey, we knew it happened to one person, but then we realized it happened to f quite a few people. Mm -hmm. From what it sounds like, maybe it took them a minute to realize it was more than just one isolated incident. Don't know. Yeah. They're not just way, yeah. Go ahead. What? No, I say either way, it's scary. I mean, this is, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, the reason I want to talk about it is because <clears throat> I guess like, I don't know, I see this a lot out there in the in and just happen in the businesses all the time. In fact, I got a I got a, a spam email from a company today that, you know, we we are loosely associated with through another organization. Right. Somebody in their 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 account got hacked and they were sending out spam emails mm -hmm. uh, this morning. So, I mean, this happens all the time where people's emails get taken over. Right. And things like <clears throat> spammers use them to send out spam emails or phishing emails. Right. Um, but they also do things like this. They sit on your email and they just spy on you. You know, they learn about your company for many reasons that we could sit here for 10 minutes and discuss all the reasons that they might want to do something like that. Typically, usually to further an attack or to go after somebody else, like a, a customer or another customer or maybe a vendor or a larger corporation that you're doing businesses with. But what's this, like, what's to say that whatever that vulnerability, we don't know how it happened, but if it's a vulnerability, what's to say that it's it, it, the same as not being applied to us? Yeah, I don't know. They're not saying that. Um, we don't know. It could be as something as simple as somebody got tricked. You know what yeah. I mean? Somebody, so they had they had the username and password or token. I mean, token theft, I see all the time. Um, that's the easiest way that these guys get in. You know, somebody steals a token and then they use use that valid token to get into people's emails all the time. No username, password, or MFA required to do so. So go ahead, Randy. What's up? Um, well, so there's a little bit down in here um about maybe potentially there not being MFA in some places or whatever, but you know, this from the first sentence puts puts up all kinds of red flags for me because it's coming from Nobelium. And I know it says it in the first line and you already mentioned it, you know, they were the solar winds hack. Well, the solar winds hack was a back door inserted into an agent 
that went in government installations and big corporations all over the world. So I think there's a chance. Okay, so maybe this was fishing or something like that. But there's also a chance that that this is much, much more than that, that they have some sort of vulnerability that they know about. And they're using that to get access to these executives at Microsoft. Because if you have source code, you can find vulnerability, um, vulnerabilities, and then you can use them to your advantage um, without the rest of the world knowing. That's one of the reasons why the, the SolarWinds hack was so grim, because they were able to use that hack to get source code for many, many programs um, that are out there, such as Exchange. But maybe they got access to other things that we don't know about. Um, and maybe they're using that to get in here. So it's a little disturbing to me. That's, yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be an issue and it could be a bigger issue. Who knows? Um, we'll find out. Only time will tell. Right. Any more thoughts on this before we move on? We're good to go. All right. So last one. Last one here. Um, article that we found uh, on Bleeping Computer that discusses a, a significant data breach at Loan Depot, a major U.S. non-bank mortgage lender. Approximately 16.6 million people had their personal information stolen in a ransomware attack that was disclosed earlier this month. The attack forced Loan Depot to shut down some systems to contain the breach impacting various customer services. The company confirmed that this was a ransomware attack with files on compromised devices being encrypted. Loan Depot plans to notify individuals impacted by the breach and provide them with free credit monitoring and identity protection services. This incident highlights the growing threat of cyber attacks and importance of robust, robust cybersecurity measures. Um, and this is also on the heels of Mr. Cooper and mm -hmm. Fidelity Financial. Yep getting yep. hit. I've been harping on the real estate industry for a long time to shore up their practices. Um, and here we go with another major uh, lender uh, in the U.S. where, you know, I if so I have a video, guys, on my own YouTube channel um, that talks about Fidelity National and Mr. Cooper. And in the comment section, like the stuff that people are saying that is happening to them is just wild. Um, every, everywhere from getting letters saying that you owe money, um, fraudulent letters, uh, all the way to like just not being able to pay your mortgage for, you know, a week or two weeks. And then the mortgage company being stupid enough to charge you late fees and stuff because their system was <laughs> Wow. And then you got to spend your time and energy fighting these late fees and getting somebody on the phone. Um, you know, I can only imagine what that's like, you know, God, I mean, I can only imagine like somebody getting on the phone and, and the person being like, like doesn't even know that the company was hacked. Um, you know, something like that. So who knows, but it's, it's wild. Um, and I know, you know, Lone Depot is going to, have to deal with the same stuff. I mean, what they think they're going to do in terms of providing these credit monitoring and identity protection services is that that's not even going to scratch the surface of what's actually going to happen to this company um, in the coming weeks and months. It's and you know they don't really go into it a whole lot. They do a little bit more in this article. They do mention that 
you know, be on the lookout because it's going to in, it's going to increase phishing attacks. Yep. And you know, the thing is on this, why does it increase the phishing attacks? Because one, they get your information. Two, they get collaborating information that then they can plug all of this 16 million into their chat uh, GPT or bad GPT, whatever you want to call it, and bring that all together for correlating information to craft phishing phishing tests that, that people are more likely to follow, uh, phishing emails that people are more likely to fall for. So that's one of the disturbing things here. And then the other thing I would say would be, be sure to freeze all your credit reports so people don't go and try to open stuff in your name with this information. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, and, and what doesn't help either from the last article, 43% of um, IT people are looking for other jobs. So they're gonna just imagine the turnover that's happening at these companies. And so nobody's gonna know what's going on. And that's the other thing I wanted to mention. I mean, I hate going back on previous topics, but I forgot to mention that when we were talking about that. That's another reason why people are leaving, quite frankly, in my opinion. That's like the un, unspoken thing. Like, I'm, I'm just going to play with things for like a year knowing I got to, you know, I think a lot of guys jump ship because it's, they know a company's not doing things good enough and they don't want to be around when the blast goes off. Right. I mean, mm. that's 100%. You know, wow. And, and yep. then when, when the blast does go off, people are going to leave as well. Um, yeah. So and the, these are legitimate reasons why companies are struggling with what we talked about earlier. Yeah. I mean, even on the customer service side, who wants to be on the receiving end of that? People, you know, you talked about getting charged late fees and now someone has to hear that. Like, I'm not going to deal with that. I'll go to another company, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like my, and who wants to work for a company that, you know, that should be automatic, right? You had a hack. So go write some code that gets rid of everybody's late fee because obviously you had code that automatically put the late fee there. So go back and unwind what you did because you know you're going to have this problem. Mm-hmm. So, And they were down for a lot longer, especially Fidelity Financial. They were down for a lot longer than than people realize. They were, they were down for three, four weeks for a lot of their... Like loan servicing uh, sites and stuff like that. Um, so there are definitely a lot of people who miss payments. I mean, I got people on my YouTube channel who are saying like they got threatened with like losing their home type stuff. Jeez. And it was, you know, I you know I would only I'm assuming here, but I would assume that they were already behind, and this just kind of made them behind even more. So it made it worse. Um. So. All right, guys. That's uh, that's all I got for you. I'm about out of gas. Right. <laughs> Yummy. Um, so, uh, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it up? That's it. On my all side. right. We'll see everybody next week. Remember, share the show and uh, drop a comment, and we'll uh, answer it during the week if we say it. We'll answer it on the next show. So, take care, everyone. <laughs>